Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. This is Deacon Mike. And this is John Neppel. And this is Catholic Stuff You Should Know. There you have it. Good afternoon. De- Deacon Mike, someone was making fun of us. They said, uh, Catholic Stuff You Should Know. Oh, that's, that's real interesting. They're like, what's your first topic? I was like, Tetragrammaton. They were like, oh, so what you really should call it is obscure Catholic stuff that no one really knows. And I was like, uh, that's fair. Hopefully people find it interesting. Uh, it's true. Well, it is, it's more like Catholic stuff. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or just stuff, maybe, at different points. So, Mike, I'm nervous about you. You've been just quiet lately, last couple of days. What's going on? Well, John, um, the seminary asked me to pray. And I've been on a silent retreat for ah, so you're you're feeling the post days. you're feeling the post silent retreat syndrome right now. Oh yeah, right? socially awkwardness, um, over, being overstimulated when you walk into a Starbucks, all these different things that happens after a week of silence. There yeah. is a lot wrong with me. It feels like it's like after a concert, your head is just ringing and ringing and ringing, and you can't sleep. At least right, that happens right. to me. Well, after a retreat. Your body is just so quiet so and quiet. slow that everything else is moving like freaking crazy. Now, there's this dirty rumor about you that when, you know, we all, on, our, on these retreats, we hit these consolations, desolations, prayer is good at times, but sometimes it gets tough. And I, I heard somebody told me this today that when prayer gets I'm tough for you. I'm not talking about my comfort that, food, Jeff. When prayer gets tough for I'm you, you have a certain it. comfort food. Would you share just oh. real quick, what is that comfort food? I'll, I'll mention that Sour Patch Kids are my Sour comfort. Patch Kids. So that, this is good for anybody who, who's delicious. listening who might go on a summer retreat. If you hit a rough spot, plow through it with Sour Patch Kids. So They help me. Well, should we talk about something? Yeah, let's talk about something. Let's Catholic talk about, stuff. Let's talk about stuff. Okay. Today's topic, the Grand Chartreuse. Ooh, the that's Grand great because I don't know anything about You know what that is? Do you know what the Grand Chartreuse is? It, that was the name of the dog that Michael Vick put up against that German Shepherd, believe it or not. So Grand Chartreuse? No, I just made that up. No. Totally joking. That was so violent. I know. What a violent I example. <laughs> I'm Why sorry. Don't you tell me about I'm the sorry. Catholic stuff. Okay. Sorry. So that's not what it is. The Grand Chartreuse is the mother house. It's, it's the central monastery for the Carthusian order. The word Carthusian and Chartreuse, that's like the French and the English. But essentially, oh. the Grand Chartreuse is a monastery in the Swiss, or I'm sorry, in the French Alps near Grenoble. So it's kind of right near Switzerland. And Italy, it's kind of all tucked in there together. Beautiful, picture-perfect, postcard-like setting for an ancient monastery that was built in 1084. Wow. Now, the Carthusians are the ones who live at the Grand Chartreuse. So there's a a specific kind of religious order called the Carthusians. They were founded at that place, at the Grand Chartreuse, in 1084 by a guy named St. Bruno. Now, the Carthusians are a religious order, and there's a lot of different religious orders. I mean, if you think about them, the Benedictines and the Cistercians, Franciscans, Dominicans, Jesuits, all kinds of religious orders. You might be asking yourself, what's the deal with the Carthusians? And why would John pick this unique Catholic thing that we should all know? Right. You you might be asking yourself that. And I will ask you now. Okay. You'll ask me that now. The reason is, is that Carthusians are a different kind of monk. They're a different kind of monastery. Essentially, in monasteries, you have communities of people living together. And they have a common purpose. So they work at Benedictine monasteries. Benedict, St. Benedict lived in the 6th century and started the Benedictines. And that's normal monastic life. Or at Labora. Or at Labora, work and prayer. That's kind of their life, but it's a shared rhythm to life. They pray together, but then they work the fields, they make beer, whatever they do. Uh Carthusians are different. Carthusians took what they were doing in the West, living in community, 
and what they were doing in the east. Remember we talked about those stylites? Right. That, that people like to be hermits. They'd go out to the deserts or they'd stand on a pillar. The Carthusians combined them both. So they're a community of hermits. Oh, hermits Really together. weird. Hermits living together. You would think, wow. why would hermits want to live together? Well, they live in this monastery. The Grand Chartreuse was the first one to ever do this in the 11th century. And they, uh, only, they live in their cells, so they don't leave their rooms. And they pray in their rooms, and they sleep in their rooms, and they eat their meals in their rooms, everything in their rooms. They leave three times a day for Mass and then twice for prayer. The most important prayer goes from 11.30 p.m. to about 3.30 a.m., where they pray all through the night. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Okay, and then the rest of the time, they're in their rooms in silence and in their contemplation. Rooms in silence. And in con- they silence, read and write. And eating Sour Patch Kids, whatever they're doing. No, <laughs> yeah. just, just joking. The, uh, um, so they live this really beautiful life. And, but one of the things, Carthusians are pretty much understood to be the most intense, the most rigorous, the most demanding of all uh, the most aesthetical of all yeah, religious orders. Absolutely, yeah. hands down. They live in total silence. They live in total solitude. And um, to experience their life is, there's nothing like it. No one compares with the Carthusians. Everyone's kind of got to bow down and say, you oh, guys yeah. are the best. Oh, yeah. So that's what's, that's what's cool about the Grand Chartreuse is that this monastery has been there for a thousand years. And the Carthusians are the only religious order to never have been reformed. Never. Wow. Not once. In a thousand years. St. Bruno's ru- original rule. They're Saint, still living. His Bruno... St. Bruno's original order, his, he wrote the statutes that still govern them exactly. Everything is Ooh. the same as it was in 1084 when they started, which is amazing. Now, as Catholics, we're kind of used to being like throwing dates out there like, oh, 4th century, 11th century, whatever. But they've been doing this in the same place for three times the length that our country has existed. I mean, a thousand years. Yeah, I'm amongst- amazed. I, and I was going to ask you, do they get to uh, sing a song or talk or have a beer together on their thousandth? anniversary i mean 74 years they're gonna have another i know we you know it'd be interesting to know if they did something maybe they come out of a room a fourth time that day or smile something like that other. they <laughs> smile at each other something along those lines if you're interested in learning more about the life of the grand chartreuse in 1984 a german film director named philip Grugen, it's got the umlaut over the o he wrote to the abbot and he said i'd like to film your life i'd like to make a silent movie called Integrate Silence on Your Life. Oh, sure. I've heard of that. And so he wrote him back 16 years later and said, okay, now we're ready. So he didn't get any response for 16 years. And then he came. They, they allowed him to come into the monastery. It's totally off limits, but this guy got special permission, filmed their life for a year, and made this amazing movie that got all kinds of awards called Integrate Silence. And it's uh, about a two-and-a-half-hour film, totally silent, totally silent. I found myself it's texting. Good. I it's heard good. it got a lot of good reviews in Europe and in the independent film world. But uh, it's amazing. It's yeah, amazing. You like it. Okay. Yeah. I uh, I have to confess. I actually watched the preview before silent retreats just to get pumped up. It's like jock jams before a basketball uh, game. Uh, uh, exactly. Uh, uh. So I have this kind of love of this movie, even though I can't handle it. I'm not made to be a Carthusian. So I find myself texting while I'm watching the movie <laughs> because uh, I get bored. Yeah, no, so uh, not made to be a Carthusian. Quiet at least. Oh, yeah, it's a beautiful movie. So the, I'd highly recommend it. You know, let's put that on the on the website, actually. We'll put the link to the movie. You can check that out. Integrate Silence. Two more quick facts about the monastery, the Grand Chartreuse, before we finish. Okay. First, uh, there, was, there was a period of time where the monks did not live at the Grand Chartreuse. I lied in saying a thousand straight years. It was from 1903 to 1940. They got booted out by the French government in 1903. They went to Italy, kind of did their thing, hung out, and then came back in... 1940. But guess what else happened in May of 1940? Uh, 
the Germans, Nazis, occupied France. So right. the guys okay. come back in. They get their monastery. All is back. We're happy. Okay, now we can just do our hermit thing. And then the Nazis come. Nazis come to the door of the Grand Chartreuse. And they have some issues with them. But primarily they say to them, you can keep your place if you surrender to us the thousand-year-old secret recipe of the liqueur you make here called Chartreuse. Oh, wow. This is one of the most complex drinks and liqueurs that you can buy in the world. It's got over 180 different herbs and spices. And no one in the world knows how to make chartreuse because for a thousand years they've divided the recipe between three different monks. So three different monks each make a different part and then when they're about to die, they hand that on. (laughs) So only three guys know three different parts, but no one knows how to make the whole thing chartreuse. So the, the SS come to... The Grand well, did the Nazis get it? The Nazis come, and the abbot says, you will kill me before I hand over the recipe for chartreuse. Whoa, and to yeah. this day, no one, no, not one single person knows how to make chartreuse. You can buy it in probably fancy liquor stores, and it's amazing. It's amazing. you got to wow. like anise, but it's, it's good stuff. So Okay, before we're done, I want to drop a challenge to our listening audience. A challenge, audience. all right. We have a professor who's, whose brother-in-law is a Carthusian in, in the United States. And he's, but he's, at, he's originally from Korea. And he told our, this professor that they have had a few vocations from, uh, um, from Americans, uh, young Americans that have come to the monastery and hope to be monks. But no one has ever stayed oh, from the United States. never had one. He's, uh, their life is very difficult. It's very rigorous, very strict, very quiet. And even the most uh, idealistic young monks have not been able to stay. So if anyone out there in podcast world is listening and wants to stop listening and enter into the great silence of Carthusian life, then uh, take up the challenge. And stop listening to the podcast when you get there. Yeah, turn it off right now, actually. for sure, yeah. <laughs>